to your latest Pembrokeshire news on Pure West Radio on New Year's Day. I'm Jonathan Twig. Pure West Radio ended their first year in style yesterday, announcing that Andrea Perrier from Merners Bridge was the winner of the fabulous Christmas Extravaganza competition, which had run throughout December until Christmas Eve. She correctly identified the phrase Pure West Radio Christmas Hamper live on The Breakfast Show with Toby Ellis to scoop 27 prizes worth £2,575 from the interactive advent calendar competition designed by Next Media. The station now has over half a million listeners and Andrea will be collecting her prizes in person from the studios in Haverford West next Monday when she'll be able to organise when she'll be hosting her own live show on air, which is one of the prizes on offer. Myrig Raymond, MBE, of Trainaworth Vowel, has been awarded the Commander of Most Excellent Order of the British Empire in the latest New Year's Honours list. Married to Hillary and with three grown-up children, he was awarded an MBE for services to agriculture in 2005, ten years after he was first elected to represent the Pembrokeshire National Farmers' Union on the National Council. He became a Vice President of the NFU in 2004, became Deputy President in 2006 and President in 2014 and he stood down from that post earlier this year. 2018 was celebrated in style by Andy Sterling, long-time owner of the Wolves Castle Country Hotel, as he picked up the award as Best Hotel General Manager of the Year at the Welsh Hospitality Awards in Cardiff last month. He opened the hotel in 1976 and runs the Altaravan with his wife Mandy, having been born into the catering industry. His father owned hotels and restaurants and his grandfather and great-grandfather were wine merchants. Mr Sterling sharpened his knives by working in and managing his father's hotel chain for five years alongside experience in the catering industry in France and Switzerland. St David's was granted city status in 1996 to mark its role in Christian heritage but it has emerged that they should have been given city status in 1992 to mark the 40th anniversary of the Queen's coronation. In a government letter that year, the then Welsh Secretary David Hunt said the Pembrokeshire Cathedral Town should be given its rightful title. The Queen, in conjunction with UK ministers, chose only Sunderland in North East England for that honour. Mr Hunt had written in January of 92 to Home Secretary Kenneth Baker appealing that a special case should be made for St David's, where he believed there was a very strong support in Wales for recognising formally what has, for many generations, been regarded in the public mind as a rightful title, where most people in Wales and elsewhere in Britain already regarded St David's as a city by virtue of its cathedral. In local sport, Goodick United sat on top of Division 1 of the Pembrokeshire League, despite their game against the Clares being abandoned on Saturday due to referee Paul Jackson falling ill. Moncton Swift sit two points adrift in second place, with a game in hand after a 4-2 victory over defending champions Haken United. Cairo came back from 2-0 down to beat Derby rival Saundersfoot Sports 3-2 to sit in third place and Merlin's Bridge remain unbeaten after the 3-2 win at Claverson Road. The Wizards seven points off the leaders, having played three games less. Hugh Branston, 7-2 losers at Penner Robins, and Melford United remain pointless at the foot of the table. The Robins losing 3-2 against 10-man Narbeth at Marble Hall, after centre-half Kyle Quartermain received his marching orders from referee Bernie Armstrong for an off-the-ball incident. Milford's second team in Division 3 failed to fulfil their fixture at Pendine as they were unable to raise the team. 
In the Welsh Rugby Union West Division 1, Crimex's 30-10 victory at Park Lloyd Thomas over Aberystwyth lifted them to 5th place in the table, 6 points off a promotion place with a game in hand. Tenby were unable to raise a front row which meant their derby game at Whitlam was postponed and in Division 2, Alaska's Toby Smith penalty secured victory for Pembroke 15-13 over Fishguard at Cringmanon, leaving them 2 points outside their promotion places. Milford moved to the top of Division 3 with a 7-3 success over Haverford West, leapfrogging Nayland, who surprisingly lost 13-10 at basement club Pembroke Dock Quins, who recorded their first victory of the season. I'm Jonathan Twigg, and you're up to date with all your latest Pembrokeshire news on Pure West Radio on New Year's Day. I leave you with a message from Barry John of the VC Gallery in Haverford West, as he looks back over 2018 and what 2019 holds. We're just finishing up 2018. It's been a frantic year. Within it, we've opened up uh, two new galleries, one in Pembroke Dock, one in Bridge Street. We've still got the hub on High Street. And we've been making a massive impact in our community, not just for veterans, but for the community as well. And we're looking forward to 2019 to be able to make sure that the VC Gallery keeps its doors open. As a charity, we're working hard for people of Pembrokeshire and for supporting the mental health services, making sure that we keep a warm welcome every single day of the year and that we're a support for people that are suffering loneliness, isolation. With a smile on our face, for 2019, we wish everyone at Pembrokeshire the best from the VC Gallery. This is Pure West Radio. For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire. Welcome back to the West Files. We continue our countdown to 2019 with more stories of music. We do indeed. Brilliant, Ethan. Round of applause. Awesome. I was going to say, yo, what's up? Go on, then. This is the I'm, I'm do it say, again with the yo, what's up? Yo, what's up? Welcome back to the Worth Files. We continue our countdown to 2019 with more stories and music. Could you do that, Ozzy? Do you want to have a try? Moo! Ha! 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 No, Ozzy's gone shy. But I can do... Just say hi, everyone. <laughs> say hello to all your fans, Ozzy. I think the smallest person is getting tired. Is he? I think so. He's very or fidgety. he's running down on sugar. Oh. Give him some more sugar. OK. Do you want more sugar, Ozzy? <laughs> more sweet? Did you just say no? Do you want alcohol? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's radio, Ozzy. Just speak. Disclaimer, it's slur. Well, (coughs) yeah, I think it's time for some more music in a minute. But, uh, of course, we went to see this amazing band, didn't we? Um, Quite recently at the De Valence. At the yes. De Valence. Rather impressive, I must say. Yeah, I never knew that they came this far out for, to perform a secret gig. If you closed your eyes, they didn't, appear to have... Yeah, if you closed your eyes very yeah. tightly and didn't look, any, didn't look at the bass player. No, the bass player was <coughs> follically challenged. Or the very middle-aged, the very elderly <coughs> audience, actually. And, and the drummer looked nothing <coughs> like them either. No, what, nothing, the drummer looked nothing like the entire band. Didn't resemble any single one of them. No, but he didn't. a very good night out, I will say. They were, and I will see them again. Well, let's find out who we're talking about. 
two being followed by the teller of curious tales. <coughs> Go for it, Dylan. Tonight, I, the teller of curious tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories, true stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the teller of curious tales. There have been many gags, hoaxes and practical jokes perpetrated which have humbugged a small number of people. But in 1824, the whole city of New York was fooled by one that seemed so ridiculous today we marvel anyone could have ever believed it. The people of that growing metropolis of 150,000 were worried because the lower part of Manhattan Island was so much closer to sea level than the upper part. They thought it was because the buildings weighed it down. One morning, a little dried-up man appeared before the central market and announced he had a contract to turn Manhattan Island around. Turn it so that the high parts would be where the low parts stood. His method was very simple. He was just going to saw it loose from its moorings, row it out into the bay, turn it around and push it back in a reverse position. For equipment, he would use 20 saws, each 150 feet long, with teeth three feet high and each manned by 50 men. Then, there were to be 48 oars, each 250 feet long, and these were to be manned by 100 men each. The oars were to be mounted on cast-iron towers, which were to serve as oarlocks. After this, he started registering workmen for his giant undertaking. This continued for three weeks during which time New Yorkers talked of nothing but this stupendous engineering feat and Lozier, the man who was to do it. Finally, when he could put the people off no longer, Lozier announced the day when work would commence. Everyone was to meet at the Bowery and Spring Street. Lumber dealers were to be at the starting point with building materials for workmen's houses. Farmers and butchers were to be there with steers, pigs and plenty of chicken. The men hired for the undertaking were also to report and led by a fife and drum corps. The whole procession was to be marched to the upper part of Manhattan where the work would commence immediately. At the appointed time and place, men with wagon loads of lumber, men with cows, men with pigs, men with chickens, men with sheep, workmen with their families, some with wagons full of household goods and thousands of spectators choked the streets. The fife and drum corps played and the parade lined up when it was suddenly discovered that Lozier hadn't arrived. Hours went by, still no Lozier. Horses reared, frightened by the music, children cried, cattle bellowed, pigs squealed, pandemonium reigned. But still, no Lozier. No one had seen him. No one could find him. 
After five hours had gone by, some of the more intelligent decided that they had been fooled and sheepishly sneaked home. The rest of the crowd followed their lead. A few hotheads began looking for the perpetrator of this hoax, threatening to lynch him. But Lozier, knowing what the temper of the crowd would do, was in comfortable hiding on a farm in the wilds of Long Island. The gong strikes. My time is up. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. The teller of curious tales has closed his book and about to go on his way. I'll be back again on Ghost Chronicles International with more strange stories. Sleep tight. <laughs> but of course you don't have to listen to Ghost Chronicles International Unless of course you want to um, We'll be having the final two from The Teller of Curious Tales Which brings us bang up to date um, And puts us back on track for 2019 And completes the set in the podcast So that was a bit weird wasn't it Ethan This man was going to saw the whole of New York off, row it out to sea, turn it round and then row it back in again. But of course he was only kidding. He must have had big arm muscles. Well, he said the, the oars were 100 feet long, 200 feet long manned by 100 men. They must have had very big arm muscles. It kind of reminds me, do you remember the, was it um, April the 1st a few years ago when Caldy Island moved? Yeah, you so-and-so. No, it was in the. Uh, had to, must be true. It was in the local paper. Do you remember it? it yeah, moved. I remember a certain person telling me there was a filming go- event going on in Fishguard. Oh yeah. Sean Bean <laughs> coming to film the last invasion of Britain. Yeah. Did you, you see? You got me and all my colleagues going on that one. Hey ho! It's amazing Don't the number of. Don't believe anything this man tells you that sounds too good to be true. What, like we're going to do a first birthday ghost hunt in April? And I've got to announce, coming up on January the 21st, immediately following the West Files will be the Paranormal Chronicles. So we're going to be the war. This is a new show starting on January 21st with Gavin Lee Davis, uh, who's been a guest on the show, author of The Haunted House in Haverford West. Really scary, spooky story. And uh, he's starting a new show on January the 21st. So, uh, we, Ronnie and I. Have you gone Irish? I don't know. (laughs) Ronnie and I have got to be the uh, warm up act for Gavin. Whom whom we're going to find a nickname. We're inevitably going to call him Gavlar. No, you can't because you've got Gavlar. Oh, yeah. Well, you have Gavlar at night. We'll work on it. All right. Gavin, we're looking for. any suggestions? Yeah, you're the author. You come up with something before no, we do. No, more the public. Yeah, Gagging. actually, yeah. No, I, this is Amy. Gagging. Gagging. And, um, yeah, lo- love and hugs to Ronnie, who's on her deathbed tonight. Or on the floor of the yeoman, because she hasn't messaged us, so she's either she's either passed on to another better no, place. No, she'd do a crisis apparition. She, she would, She wouldn't, wouldn't she? upset you by not doing that. That's true. Oh, um, got a song for you, darling. Have you? Yeah, oh, it's your favourite band. 
Which one? Um, that one. That one that your favourite yeah. banding like one. One the, with Robbie the, in it. This will be interesting to see if no, you The actually, one with Robbie in it. The one with Robbie in it. Yeah. Oscar's asleep right. on a pile Which of song? Kent. Could it be magic? Uh, no, I'm going to dedicate this one to you. Just for you, girl Million love songs and 
not this one.
Your mic wasn't on. Well, you keep doing that. I think I you're trying to gag me. Yeah, well, it helps. I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's oh, not go there. Quick, quick countdown. One hour and a half hour, 90 minutes left. Two or 30 minutes, if you're listening in Europe, of course. 90 minutes to 2019. And when we finish on the West Files, there will be more messages. There will be more shout-outs and a Pure West Radio countdown to 2019, which will be cool. Steve, what's what? unnerving me is you're starting to do a radio DJ voice. It is a bit disturbing, it isn't is it? It is rather... Di- I'm sure your listeners are getting a bit worried that there's an imposter in the studio. I know. I'm starting to sound like Toby now. Well, there's nothing wrong with Toby, I just put an Toby a, is I'll Toby. Put, I'll put an Abay um, cap on. And like yell at the microphone a lot because we came in. I came in on Christmas morning with Steph and Ronnie. Yeah, don't get me started on that. We watched the master at work at this very desk. That was a darling. Do you mind if I pop down the radio station for an hour? And three hours later, he came back because he was having far too much fun. They were very good mince pies. Didn't bring me any. Anyway, Ozzy. Wherever you are, you're asleep. Oh, has he? Because his song's on. Well, Swag and Bone Man. Yeah, well, it's his song because this is the Ozzie, one you do chose. You're going to come and introduce it. You're going to come up and introduce Wolves. You come and tell everybody. By Bin Man. It's Bin Man and. Go on. Go on. Rag and Bone Man. Rag and Bone Man Wolves. Or. Wolves. Rag and Bone Man. Skin. Good boy. Did it too. But he. When I heard that sound, when the walls came down, I was thinking about you. About you. When my skin grows old, when my breath runs cold, I'll be thinking about you. About you. Seconds from my heart. Put it from the door Helpless I surrender Shackled by your love Holding me like this Poison on your lips Only when it's over The silence hits so hard Cause it was almost love It was almost love it was almost love, it was almost love When I It was almost We bleed ourselves in vain How tragic is this game Turn around, I'm holding on To someone but the love's gone Carrying the load With wings that feel like stone Knowing that we nearly fell So far now it's hard to tell Yeah, we came so close It was almost love 
It was almost long, it was almost long When I And episode 12 of The Wall, a teller of curious tales, to complete the set. Tonight, I, the teller of curious tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories, true stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the teller of curious tales. On a bright October day in 1899, an Egyptian farmer was working in his fields. Suddenly, the ground gave way from under him, and a part of the field which he and his ancestors had been working for centuries sank into the earth and carried this bewildered farmer with it. When the hubbub had subsided, and his mind was cleared of its bewilderment and confusion, he looked around. He found himself in an enormous subterranean room, a room connected with countless similar rooms, all bare of furniture, all deathly silent, but every one lined from ceiling to floor with shelves, shelves loaded with small, nondescript bundles. Had he stumbled into a treasure trove? Had he found new tombs which ancient Egyptians were so clever at concealing? He snatched one of the bundles and found it wrapped round with cloth like a mummy. He began removing the wrappings and after working feverishly for some minutes, he held the unwrapped object in his hand. It was an embalmed cat. 
This subterranean labyrinth was a cat cemetery, and literally millions were stashed Ozzie, away. It's a mummified cat. Cats were sacred to the ancient Egyptians, and were embalmed and mummified like their masters, so that they too could arise on the Egyptian judgment day. He clambered out of the cat mine and walked to Alexandria and went to a speculator in antiquities, telling him of his find. The speculator, being a shrewd businessman, shipped a boatload of these 3,000-year-old mummified cats to Liverpool, England, where 180,000 of them were offered for sale at public auction to be used for fertiliser. The auctioneer, using a dead cat for a hammer, sold them in ton lots to the assembled English farmers. They bought approximately $18.50 a ton, about a fifth of a cent for each cat. And now, on the day of the resurrection, millions of Egyptians will wait in vain for their beloved cats to arise from the dead. The gong strikes. My time is up. The teller of curious tales has closed his book. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. Until then, sleep tight. <laughs> Oh, the synchronicity. We began the show with um, mummified cats that didn't exist. So, if you're in Liverpool and uh, you're haunted by a cat, an Egyptian cat, could well be that it was brought over from the cat mines. Anne might have one. Probably has. She's got lots of mummified things. That's true. Mummy cats might have babies. Yeah, so if you have a dried out (laughs) pussy, you can blame the ancient Egyptians for that one. So it's deteriorating, (coughs) isn't it? (coughs) Yeah. What, you're saying something profound about cats? Yeah, mummy cats have baby cats, Ossie says. They do. Yeah, mummy cats have baby cats. And that means. Mummy cats have baby cats. It's the mic up this time. It is up. It is up. But whether they can hear is profoundities. Um. <clears throat> yeah, well, let's just check the time. One hour and 20 minutes to go to uh, the new year. Although, technically, that's not correct because we're how many degrees minutes? west of London? That makes us 16 minutes behind midnight in reality, this far west. But we go by Greenwich Mean Time because we want to start partying yeah. early. And uh, there's one one of the tribe are not here tonight, but did make a request. So my daughter Helen, the ghost, the other ghost hunter GB2. in the family, uh, who's working hard tonight behind the bar of some lonesome pub somewhere up on Merseyside, requested. GB2. Yeah, requested Prince. So um, yeah, there we go. Partying some- like it's 1999 when she was. Don't worry. I won't hurt you. I only want you to have some fun.
Radio, Prince, 1999, for Helen. Yeah, that's it. Um, what, 22, one hour, 13 minutes. Uh, say Happy New Year, Ethan, because you've got to go to bed soon. Happy New Year, everyone. There we are. So, um, yeah, we'll be back next year. Uh, and hopefully with Ronnie. Hopefully with him as Sending well. love to Ronnie. We'll probably be here next year about five times. Okay, well, we'll see what happens.
never been closer I tried to understand That certain feeling Carved by another's hand But it's too late to hesitate We can't keep on living like this on our Facebook page Pure West Radio Suddenly It's hard to breathe 
the action live from our studios in Haverford West at purewestradio.com and on our Facebook page, Pure West Radio. All I ever wanted was to see you smiling. smiling. I know that I love 